0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, 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 everyone. As I'm sure you can tell from the title, we're switching things up a little bit this week. You know, I was going to do a throwback episode, but this week was the season three premiere of Welcome to Plathville, which is a show that I like. I've done an episode on them on my Patreon on seasons one and two. I think I included season two in that. I honestly can't remember, but I have done an episode on that. So go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains, join, and you can listen to that. I also think that I want to do some Plathville episodes like going forward, I probably, I mean, I know I won't be recapping every episode, but I think like I'll let a couple episodes go by and then I'm going to recap because I really like this show. (laughs) This show is wild. I have a lot of fun watching it. And I just want to talk about it this week. I know that not everybody wants to hear this and not everybody cares about Plathville. Not everybody wants to hear me talk about something that's not Teen Mom related. I understand. I respect that. So I'll talk to you next week. I'll probably be back to Teen Mom next week. Although I think we're still two weeks out from the premieres. But th- it's this is just a one-off Plathville episode. If you want to hear me talk more about Plathville, like I said, go to Patreon This episode is kind of going to be more like what my Patreon is, where I can talk about non-teen mom things that are in pop culture. So I hope everybody enjoys this. If you don't, it's okay. But let's get into the Plath family. Now, I'm going to do a little like background on who everyone in the Plath family is. I'm sorry if my voice sounds raspy. I like can hear it. It feels very dry or something. It probably doesn't help that I sleep with two fans on like high blast directly at my face. And so I'm like always so dry. You know, it's probably not great, but I get hot. I sleep with one fan all year. And then in the summer, I bring in the second fan. Guys, I'm so fucking over the summer. I realized it's not that... For a little bit, I was like, I hate summer. Like, I, I can't believe it. I used to love summer and now I hate it. And I realized I don't hate summer. I just hate that it's 90 degrees every day. Um, I hate global warming, I guess is a better way to put it. It's going to be not in the 90s again next week. I'm just so ready for fall and winter. So, so, so ready. It's like... I mean, I'm sure it's been really hot by you too, and I don't need to explain, but like when it's 95 degrees for seven days in a row, like that's too much. I just, it's too much for me. I can't do it. So I hate being hot at all times, and so I sleep with two fans on me. Okay, anyway, the Plaths. So what is Welcome to Plathville? Welcome to Plathville is a TLC show. It's kind of a classic TLC show, right, in that they are a religious family, a weird family, and they're definitely in the look at those fucking freaks category. I I think I've talked about this on Feathers in My Hair, right? Um, I know my Patreon, I talk about this a lot, like how we watch shows, especially on channels like TLC or documentaries are like this, where you are observing a different culture and it's interesting or... <laughs> You're looking at those fucking freaks and usually shows or documentaries are kind of filmed that way and produced and edited that way. So like, you know, if you're supposed to be like absorbed in the story and like taking like a real cultural observation of the subject or if you're supposed to be judging them. And I would say for sure, like, I think one of the best examples of look at those fucking freaks is The Wild and Wonderful Whites West Virginia, which you guys know is a documentary I fucking love. Troy and I did an episode on that Thanksgiving 2019. Yeah, it must have been 2019. Um, So go back and listen to that if you haven't. It's on Feathers in My Hair. It's on this feed around Thanksgiving 2019. It's Tori and I's like favorite movie of all time. We love it so much. So go listen to that. Um, I would say like our other favorite one, Grey Gardens, is kind of in that nature of look at the fucking freaks. Trying to think of like a cultural observation version of that. But of course, one is not popping off the top of my head. Oh, one, there's this movie called Rich Hill, I believe it's called. It's about like children in poverty. And that is not like, that's like come into our world and observe the way that we do things, not like, let's just show how fucking freaky these people are. (laughs) I think um, the Duggars are not really look at these fucking freaks. In a way they are, yeah, because obviously like we, most people who are watching the Duggars find them to be freaks, right? Like that's why they got a show because they're so different, but it's not edited that way and I think as the audience, we were supposed to respect their choices as a family. and like the goal was just to show the audience like, well, they're just wholesome. Like they're weird, they're different, but like they're wholesome, you know like I I just think it's they're just good people. Like that's what we were supposed to be taking away. And plaths are not like that. We do not. Mm-mm. We are not supposed to take that away. It's very clear by the way the show is set up and the way the episodes go. It's definitely supposed to be look at these freaks. So, the Plaths, the show Welcome to Plathville. They don't live in Plathville. I like when I first turned this on, I, I thought maybe that's what it was. I avoided the show for a while because listeners, longtime listeners, will know that I find overly blonde people to be uncomfortable. <laughs> I resist. I like wasn't going to watch Summer House at first, although I did end up watching it like first season airing. I'm one of those rare people that like really liked season one and two of Summer House. I know there's very few of us us work as circus fans. Um, but I when I was watching that, I named Kyle Cook an Aryan nightmare. I coined that phrase. That's TM Liz Bentley And when I saw the Plath family, I was like, get those Aryan fucking freaks out of here. They are so blonde. They are very pale. Well, I guess fair skinned is a better way to say it. They have blue, 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 blue eyes. You know that Broad City episode where Alana and Abby are talking about what it must be like to have blue eyes and they're like, you just feel like a fucking freak? (laughs) That's how I always feel about people that have like super, super blue eyes. I'm just kidding. This is like, I hope everybody knows I'm not discriminating against people with blonde hair and blue eyes, (laughs) the culturally oppressed group of people with blonde hair and blue eyes. But they're just like so cookie cutter white that it's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm not into it. Uh, And then I decided to watch it because everybody on my Twitter was like really going hard for the plaths. And... I really, really enjoyed it. So let's kind of walk through the family and who the different members of the Plath family are and like what they are. So the Plaths are a big family that live in very Southern Georgia. They are like an hour outside of uh, Tallahassee. They're that Florida-Georgia line. Isn't that a band? Florida-Georgia line. I think it is a band, but that's like the type of area they're from. They at the start of the show, live on this huge farm, this remote farm. There's a bunch of kids and the mom and dad are kind of the head of the household. It's very, in some ways, very similar to the Duggars like that. The kids are homeschooled. Their activities are very restricted, but in a way that's different from the Duggars. Uh, Okay. I like one thing I will say is that like the Plaths don't talk about religion that much. Like, yeah, it comes up and like Kim will justify stuff that she does. Kim is the mom will justify stuff that she does with religion. But like it's so clear when you watch the Duggars that like their lives revolve around God in a way that I can't imagine ever living. And the Plaths aren't quite like that. But they're definitely still part of like the independent uh, Baptist fundamentalism, which is what the Duggars are. Remember, the Duggars don't actually go to church. They are not part of an official church. They're called independent fundamentalist Baptists. And we, we consider them part of the IBLP, the Institute of Basic Life Principles, slash ATI. I don't even know what that stands for. Uh, like community. So the Institute of ba- Basic Life Principles is run by Bill Gothard. And then ATI is the homeschool curriculum that the followers of Bill Gothard use. Um, And the homeschool curriculum and the IBLP values is actually the thing that ties a lot of these people together. So like the Duggars and the Bates are not part of the same religion. And that's not true. Like religious community necessary. They're not part of the same church because they don't go to church. Their church is their home. Uh, their dad is the church. I personally think that's why a lot of abusive men are really drawn to this type of uh, Christianity because they hold all of the power in the home. Like each dad is essentially a god of his own home. And there's not even like a pastor that really rules over their daily lives. Like a lot of, you know, like a lot of... um For Jews, for example, like Orthodox Jews, most of them have a rabbi that has a a really large impact on their lives. And in my opinion, a lot of times inappropriately, like the way that people go, like the way that some Orthodox Jews go to the rabbi and get advice from him is bonkers. It makes no sense. Like why your rabbi does not know about this subject. It is wild to take like his word for it. There are certain things that I can never understand. And I believe that's true in... Like most fundamental Christianity, there is a spiritual leader of a organized community. And that's just not the way that the Duggars are and it's not the way the Plaths are. I'm pretty sure the Plaths are part of the ATI homeschooling curriculum world, but they're not necessarily like Duggar family-like. They do go to homeschooling conventions. That's like the main thing. And where these families all meet one another. Every year ATI has like a huge homeschooling convention and that's where a lot of these people will meet their future spouses because they're not exposed to other people. That's why this form of fundamentalism is so scary to me because of like the very little outside contact a lot of these families have. Like the Plaths don't have friends. They don't see other people. This is a really common thing that you'll find in these independent uh, Baptists, that the children don't have friends. There's a podcast called Kitchen Table Cult that's it's pretty good. Um, The sound quality is not great, which I don't love. And does that make me a hypocrite? Yeah, of course. The sound quality is trash on feathers in my hair. <laughs> I'm a fucking hypocrite, okay? I just am. You guys know I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. But they both... It's called Kitchen Table Cult because the idea is that the cult kind of revolves around the kitchen table, which is where they did their homeschooling. The homeschooling is a way that they keep the children in this cult and they indoctrinate children. And they talk a lot about the fact that when they were growing up, like they weren't really allowed to have friends. They had families that like other families that they would occasionally get together with and they would see people on these like uh, homeschool retreats. But when they wanted friends, the idea is your siblings should be your friends. And I think part of the reason is because in these families, the parents have all of the control. I, did I do, okay, I did a Duggar Girls episode. I know I did a Duggar episode on Feathers in My Hair a couple years ago. I then I I don't know if this is on Patreon or Feathers. I'm really sorry, but I did an episode on the book that the Duggar girls wrote, supposedly. (laughs) You know, the four older Duggar girls like wrote a book. Um, I'm I'm using quotes around wrote. And I did an episode on that. It was sponsored, but it might have been when I was still like taking sponsored posts on feathers in my hair. So apologies in advance. But the thing with the Duggars is that like they really, really stress obedience to parents. And that's like a really big thing in these groups is like total obedience to mom and dad, where dad has final say over everything. And I think that if these people have friends, then there's a real chance that they could start to take influence from their friends and not their parents. And like, that's the most important thing. I saw TikTok recently. I get a lot of like ex fundy TikToks because you know the algorithm knows what i like and they were talking about the fact that they had to untrain themselves from telling literally everything that happened to them to their parents because they were raised to believe that like if they did not tell something to their parents they were actively lying not even a lie of omission cuz like i i do think that lies of omission can be very serious right like there are times where you don't have to lie but simply not telling somebody something is lying but they like everything that happens, it needs to be reported to their parents in a way that it's like some things, even as an adult, like, or as like a teen, like they're just not your parents. It's not your parents' business. They don't need to know. A parent doesn't need to know everything about a child's life. Like that's there. We have boundaries and privacy, right? And so that's really popular in here. And you can tell the Plaths like strictly adhere to this. So the head of the family, Mom and Dad are Kim and Barry. Now, <laughs> Kim looks a lot like Carol Baskin slash uh Deborah from Teen Mom. OG. All three of them look alike. And I think that beyond the fact that they like physically look similar, I think they all have a very similar vibe in that they are like narcissistic. Although you I like <laughs> hot take on Tiger King is that it really bothered me how bad it made Carol look um, because Joe like tried to ruin her life and literally murder her and yet like we were supposed to take away that she was the bad person (laughs) of that like that she was probably worse than Joe like that's supposed to be the audience that was the audience takeaway for a lot of people which is you know not great but Kim definitely exudes this like real strong narcissism, uh, this need to control. And she does it though in like that soft voice, not a Michelle Duggar voice. She doesn't do a baby voice, but she speaks with authority without raising her voice or like coming across as agitated or angry, which to me is really fucking freaky. Like that, that freaks me out when people don't, have like any anger-like emotions. Now, if you have too much, that also freaks me out. But like we as humans like feel things and have expressive responses to things. And yes, of course, some is better than others. And some people just naturally don't really get like that very often or almost ever. But in these circles, women and girls are trained to like suppress, and boys too, I guess, suppress like all feelings and always have like that FLDS, uh, keep sweet attitude. I don't know if they actually say keep sweet and like, uh, fundamentalist baptism. I don't think they do. I've seen people mention that on Duggar Sark, like the Reddit sub about keeping sweet. But as far as I know, like that's pretty much that specific phrase used is for the FLDS and basically just like What it means in the FLDS is like anytime somebody sees a girl being like showing any sort of negative emotion at all, they're reminded to keep sweet, which means like suppress all of your feelings. And Kim very much does that. But Kim did not grow up religious. Kim actually had a really hard childhood. Her mother was an alcoholic. Um, Her father wasn't around. She had a stepfather that came in and out. She got to college. She was partying like crazy. I think she says something happened to her. It sounds like she was assaulted. Honestly, when she tells the story, Um, I should have rewatched her telling her background before I recorded this. But why? Why would I actually do that? You know what I mean? Like I, I honestly like just didn't even think to do that. And now I'm like, fuck! I really should have done that. But basically, Kim went through a lot of really hard situations because of her childhood and then her young adulthood making really bad decisions. And she came to find the Lord and he saved her and she no longer wanted to behave like that. That's when she meets Barry, who is, I believe, 10 years older than her. Um, She apparently like went after Barry. You always hear these stories, right? Where they're like, actually I went after him like that's always what they talk about in these these type of circles and I never quite believe it but I kind of believe it with Kim (laughs) I kind of believe it with Kim she like met Barry and Barry was the man that she was going to marry and Barry was the man that she married Barry um works as (sighs) he does something in like city planning I think he does road planning (laughs) He has a good career, is what I'm saying. He has a good professional career, and they live on this big, beautiful farm, and money doesn't really seem to be a huge struggle for them. Um, There are a lot of kids. They are frugal. They don't do a lot of things that the normal American family does. So they're not spending money that way. But it doesn't seem like money is constantly on their minds no matter what, which it is in a lot of fundamentalist families because most people can't afford to have, I mean, really a lot of people can't afford to have more than one kid or two kids or any kids. But most people cannot afford to have eight plus children. (laughs) Like that is a really fucking hard thing to do. And it's why the Duckers are always talking about bunny and budgeting and being frugal because they can't afford not to be even in like the post TLC world for them. Like they were still very strict on budgeting because they just have so many people in their family. So Kim decides that she's going to be religious. Her and Barry get married and they go on to have, hold on, I'm going to see exactly. I think it's eight kids. I'm going to tell you exactly how many. Okay. I was wrong. They had 10 children. They have nine living children. Um, in 2008, I don't mean to laugh. This is horrific. In 2008, Kim had her baby, a baby boy. His name was Joshua. He was born in 2007. And then in late 2008, the baby was about 18 months old. They were out on the farm and an accident happened and it resulted in Kim accidentally running over and killing baby Joshua. <laughs> like, I, it's so horrific. I'm not, like, she obviously didn't do it on purpose. Like, it's not what I'm insinuating. It's just, like, horrific to even imagine. Um, They don't really talk about this on the show very often. It very rarely comes up. It does not seem to be something that Kim discusses a lot. I mean, I guess, understandably so. But, I would imagine that had a really big impact on her, one one would think, right? So they have nine living children. The oldest is Ethan. Then there's Hosanna, which she's not on the show. She is married and just not part of the show and not really part of, like, the immediate family anymore because she has a new headship in her husband. So Ethan, Hosanna, Micah, Mariah, who it's spelled with an O, <laughs> I always want to call her Moira, um, but it's Mariah, Lydia, Isaac, Amber, Cassia, and Mercy. Amber, Cassia, and Mercy are what they call the little girls. Um, They are significantly younger than Isaac. I I guess part of the reason is because Joshua was supposed to be, be was between Isaac and Amber, But they're kind of like in groups, which is basically Ethan, Micah, and Mariah are in one group. Lydia and Isaac are in another group. And then the three little girls are in another group. That's kind of like how their family works. So similarly to the Duggars, it makes sense. Like in any large family, like with a lot of cousins, like usually you'll break off into age group pairings. And so that's kind of what happens with the Plaths. So Kim Plath fancies herself a doctor of neuropathy, (laughs) which she did some online courses and now she considers herself to be a doctor. Uh, She calls it like laying on hands. She's very clear on the show, like, I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose or treat anyone. But it has since come out that she definitely like doesn't bring her children to doctors because she considers herself a doctor. Okay, I forgot to take a break, so we're going to do that right now, and then we'll get back on with uh, Kim being a doctor. So yeah, Kim. Kim is the one that seems to be in complete control of the children. I believe Barry traveled a decent amount for work, uh, she, like I said, they're all homeschooled. They don't have friends outside of the family. They don't eat any sugar. They don't watch TV. Like, Kim is really controlling with the kids in the in a way that feels different from the Duggars. I'm not quite sure why. I think because in the Duggar family, it does feel like they're part of a bigger movement, I guess, because we, like, see them with other people a lot. And it's easy to imagine that, like, there's a lot of people in their community like them. There's something so isolating and isolated about the Plaths that it really seems like Kim is the one that, like, makes all of the rules and has strict control over the whole family. Um, I do think that Barry has a lot of say. Um, I think it's easy. To, it can be easy to think that, like, Kim totally steamrolls Barry. I'm not quite sure that's exactly what happens. I kind of think that Barry has more of a say than we realize. He's just more of a quiet person and Kim wants to be a star. Kim wants to be a star. So that's another thing to know about Kim and the family. They are a musical family, which also seems to be very common in these circles. I think it makes sense, right? Like they don't listen to regular music. They don't watch TV and so they all usually learn like classical instruments. The Duggars did that. Remember that other family that was on TLC, the Willis family band? And then it came out that the father was molesting multiple children. Gosh. TLC, TLC does it again. But the Plaths were a traveling band. They made money going from church to church. Uh, they actually like their music is very pretty. It's cool to watch. Like the little girls are playing guitar. (laughs) Like they are pretty good. They all harmonize. Uh, Mariah especially really loves singing. Mariah and Lydia seem to really love singing. And Kim had been like uploading YouTube videos of them. Like Kim wanted them to be famous. They also did this like documentary that's on YouTube. I use documentary loosely about their family. Like I think that Kim was the one that, like, got them this show because she wanted this show. Like, I, I very much think that Kim is a narcissist or displays narcissi- narcissistic tendencies and, like, really just believed herself to be for the spotlight. I think the eerie thing about watching Kim is that she's one of those people who has, seems to have very little empathy and like know she's right in a way that's unnerving. I mean, like, you guys know I'm a know it all, but like with people in my life, I'm usually not. I just am when I like talk about bullshit like teen mom. Like, but with my friends, I don't do that. And Kim, like, it's Kim way, it's Kim's way or the highway with everybody in her life. And she does it with such like a a coldness and a nastiness that it's kind of exhilarating to watch. Here's my truth is that Kim is kind of my favorite character. (laughs) She is like the ultimate supervillain. She's so good on this show. This show would not work if Kim Plath was not as good as she is. Kim is captivating. She knows how to tell a story. She knows how to be on camera. She knows how to shine in a way that I... Love. She's so passive aggressive. (laughs) She's just like super enjoyable to watch in a way that Barry very much is not. So if they had like a duller mother, this show it it just wouldn't be it. Because this is not a Duggar show. Remember, like I said, this is like a look at these fucking freak show because this show is about the drama of their family. This is a reality TV show. Like this is a full-blown reality TV show. The Duggars are more of like um a planned docuseries, I guess I would say, because it just like they go over to the house, they show them doing things, it's all pre-planned, they show them going on their ministries and like all of that bullshit. Like we don't see interpersonal drama with them. Of you know, as we all have learned, we don't see their issues. We don't really see, like, what's going on inside of them. We don't hear their opinions on things. It's very much just like, here, come look at the Duggars, where the Plaths are like a traditional reality show in which the children are fighting with their parents, sometimes with each other, and Kim is really good in the villain role. She's really good in the villain role. So that's Kim and Barry. Like I said, Barry's a little quieter, but he, I think he and Kim agree on a lot. Kim definitely does give lip service to the like my husband's in charge, but she very much gives off vibes that like she's the one actually running the show. So like I said, Hosanna is Hosanna, I think her name is Hosanna. I always want to call her Josefina, but that's not her name. It's Hosanna. Um Hosanna is often married. She's not part of the show. Ethan is married to a woman named Olivia. I use women almost loosely because they are quite young. They got married, I think they were 19. When the show starts, they're 20 or 21. They're very, very, very young. Very young. Olivia grew up in a conservative family, but a little more mainline than the Plaths were. They had friends. I think she watched TV. I believe they may have gone to a church. Um, they just like were more involved in the world than the Plaths were. But she's still like a conservative Christian, just not of the Plath family, like, completely isolated. This one person kind of rules their world entirely the way that the Plath family is. I think her family was just, like, more mainstream. So they met at a homeschooling convention. They get married. Ethan is very much Kenneth Parcell from 30 Rock, which, by the way, I saw 30 Rock is back on Netflix, if any of you guys are interested. Um it's been on Hulu forever, but it's back on Netflix. It hasn't been on Netflix in quite a long time. 30 Rock is like my background show. You know, for some people, it's like Friends or The Office. Like that's 30 Rock for me. But he is really a Kenneth. (laughs) Like he is dopey. He is nice. He's a little like slow on the come up. Um, And I think it's one, the way that he was raised. He was very so isolating conservatively but also i think it's like his natural personality. So Ethan and Olivia are breaking away from Kim and Barry basically. Um they do not like Olivia because she is more mainstream to the point that Ethan and Olivia have joined jer- joined a church which Kim and Barry are very upset about <laughs> which like LOL. <laughs> that's like what's so wild about this is that like joining a church, like a conservative Christian church, is controversial to these people. Like that's how weird they are. They don't like that Olivia lives more of a worldly life. She is a wedding photographer, so she travels a lot. She's a successful businesswoman. She is very headfast. And I think that Kim right away could see that Olivia was like on her way out of this super conservative lifestyle. And for the first like year and a half, Ethan kind of let Kim like run all over Olivia essentially. And finally he has decided to stand up to them. Um, At the end of season two, there is like this huge confrontation in which, and this is why I know Barry is not like the little quiet guy that a lot of people think he is. At the end of last season, Ethan basically went over there and was like, You cannot be in my life if you will not accept Olivia the way that she is and the way that we are. Like, we will not be in your life. And remember, there's a bunch of little siblings. And so he wanted to say goodbye to his little siblings. And Olivia was in the car waiting. And they wanted the kids to go out and say goodbye to Olivia. I'm saying that because they would not be allowed to see the siblings once they disconnect from Kim and Barry. That's the way that Kim and Barry keep a lot of control is that, like, once you are not connected with them you're out of there. Like you, You're you not allowed to see the kids without them being there because of your bad influence. So Barry's like, well, I'm going to go say goodbye to Olivia. And uh, Ethan's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And Barry like storms down the driveway. Ethan runs after him, grab, like physically grabs him to stop him. They don't get into a fight, but like It's heated and it feels very real. That's the other thing. A lot of stuff on this show feels very real. Of course, it has like the classic very fake shit where like one of them is one of the boys is like a model and he goes on like these modeling gigs that are so fake. But in general, like the Ethan and Olivia stuff between Kim and Barry feels extremely real. And then there's two younger siblings that also seem to have pretty real issues with the parents in a way that I enjoy. I like seen the destruction of a family is what is what I'm saying is I like an authentic destruction of a family (laughs) I'm such a bad person but Kim and Barry are bad people and they're bad parents so it's nice to see Ethan and Olivia standing up for themselves Uh, Ethan has started to drink alcohol he watches TV now and Kim and Barry just are really uninterested in it. So, Ethan and Olivia have not spoken with Kim and Barry in I think almost a year at this point. Um I don't know like in real time where they are, but at the start of season 3 they still have not spoken with them. They are really interesting to watch because I they're <laughs> they're a really good starter marriage. Like they really need to get divorced. Like, really, they need to get divorced. But I really do think that they both served a really important purpose in each other's lives, which is Olivia broke Ethan free of his family's control. Now, if they divorce, will Ethan maybe go back into the fold a little more? Possibly. Like, I think that's possible, but I think that he is out now. You know, like, the shelf is broken. Like, what is done cannot be undone. I don't really see him ever making, like, a full turnaround and going back to the way that the plaths live. So, like, I, Olivia, like, mothered Ethan, really. She raised him. She took him into the real world and, like, showed him how to be a person in the real world. Um, and for Ethan, I think. Or for like Olivia, I think what Ethan did was kind of show her what a marriage is like and what she wants in a partner. And I think it's not Ethan. And I think that they both will go on to have very successful and happy marriages with other people. Like I think that Olivia will go and she'll meet somebody who is a little bit older than her and like is, I don't want to say authoritative, but like really confident and Like, sure of himself and really smart and knowledgeable and like good at things. I mean, Ethan is actually quite good at things. Like, he's a really good mechanic. He's in great shape, stuff like that. But I think Olivia will find someone who is more of a, I I don't wanna say leader, but like an equal to her because right now, Ethan is not an equal to her in any way. And I think for Ethan, he's going to find someone who's a lot more meek, but I don't mean that as an insult. I think part of the issue is that Olivia is pushing Ethan too hard, which is okay. I get it because I, <laughs> I think Olivia is actually in the right. So I know that sounds kind of contradictory, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think Olivia knows what Ethan needs to do for Ethan to like fully break from his family and be a happy person. But I don't think that Ethan is like ready, willing, or able to really do that all of the way. And he needs to be with someone that like is not going to push him to do that stuff. I think he maybe has gone as far as he's going to go, which is also okay, right? Like he doesn't have to be. The person that Olivia wants him to be. He's made a lot of progress in his life. He's made a lot of changes. At the beginning of season three, it's honestly devastating to see him. He is so depressed. He's so depressed. Um, He and Olivia are going like days without speaking to one another. They're in a really bad place, and I would really like to see Ethan be with somebody who is a conservative Christian, but like a little more meek, a little more of like a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home wife type of personality. That's fucked up. That's not what I mean. But like just like a lot more willing to kind of be on Ethan's speed. I think they basically just need, both need a partner that's like more their speed. But I really do think they like served a really important purpose for one another. And I hope that they don't have kids so that they can just like have this divorce. And I think in 15 years, Olivia will look back and be like, yeah, Ethan was like super important to me and I'm really glad we got divorced. But like my life probably wouldn't look the way that it did now without Ethan. And I think he will feel the same about Olivia. So I that's kind of what I hope happens. So next up in their family is Micah. Micah is... Um, he has a really fit body and a face. <laughs> he, There's just something that's not hot about him. I'm not quite sure what it is, but he's just not hot in my opinion. Um, He's doing modeling in Tallahassee, Florida, whatever that means. He does have a lot of Instagram followers. I think he's becoming an Instagram model, essentially. He has moved out of his parents' home. He, Micah is rebellious in a more quiet way than his siblings. Um, he has sex with girls as he like declares in this episode. He's talking about the fact that he's feeling a little left behind because his like in their culture, people get married so young. And I think he's, um, let's see, he was born in 2001. So he's 20, you know, like he's getting up there and, And he says, like, well, you know, they may be winning, but I've scored the most. Like, he fucks. He's now living, like, a regular teenage life. And I think that's what he wanted. I don't think Micah, like, wanted wanted the freedom of, like rebelling against... I don't think he, like, felt a strong urge to rebel against his parents specifically, which I think is the case for Ethan. And then we're going to talk about Mariah. That's very much a case for them. Like, they're specifically rebelling against Kim and Barry and their lifestyle. And I think Micah kind of just wants to be able to, like, fuck girls and do his own thing. And, like, Kim and Barry won't let him do that. So that means he's not going to live with Kim and Barry anymore. (laughs) Like, that's really the bottom line of it, right? Like, he's just... I don't know. He, he's not like a rebel without a cause that one. So Micah lives with his little sister, Mariah, who is a year younger than him. Uh, they actually move out when Mariah is still 17. She, they get kicked out. Like they, they're kicked out of the home. They live in like this shitty little apartment. Now Mariah sleeps on a mattress on the floor, not even a box spring it's kind of bleak, but I would imagine they're making more money now with the show and they have Instagram followers. I bet like by the end of season, I bet if we see them again next season, they'll be in a much nicer apartment, would be my guess. They are best friends, the two of them, and they they get along really well. This season we meet Mariah's, well, we don't meet him, Mariah, so with her boyfriend named Max, who her and Micah have a really weird thing going on with Max. Mariah is like super in love with Max. She's super in love with him. She went from never kissing a guy to I would assume her and Max sleeping together. I think they're almost living together in a pretty short amount of time. Max and Micah are like best friends. Um, There are these really weird scenes of them like sitting on the interview couch and Max has like his arm around Micah in a way that's like supposed to be a joke. But like I don't know. There is a lack of boundaries that concerns me. Like, do I really think Mike and Max are fucking? No. Mm, mm, here's, Here's what I think. I think if they had a party and Mariah passed out first, and Micah and Max were drunk, would they suck each other's dicks? Yeah, I like, I think so. Like, I, I think that's what it is. And then they'd be like, we're not gay. Like, I, th- I think it'd be that thing. I think they're probably a little bisexual for each other, is what I'm saying. Something weird is going on with them. But Mariah is the full-blown rebel without a cause child. Um, it comes off a lot more obvious on her than it does on Ethan for a few reasons, I think, because Ethan is a boy. He's married. He's older. He's already out on his own, living on his own. So, like, it doesn't feel so much like Ethan is rebelling against his parents, right? Because he's an adult. It feels like he's just creating boundaries with them, where Mariah is still living at home when we meet her. And she very much like does not want to be under the rule of Kim and Barry she wants to go to college they go and look at like uh, Stetson University in North Florida and there's no way she could go because her homeschooling has been really really lacking Kim doesn't want her to go Kim and Barry don't want them to go to college they think it's a waste of money which like I don't know I guess it is I want her to be able to do what she wants to do, but I don't think a four-year university is realistic for her off the bat. I think she should start taking like one or two classes at community college. I think it would be way too much to go to a four-year university um, and like be partying and trying to like figure out how to be a person. while also like being a full-time student. I don't think she could do that. She is the one that like under Ethan and Olivia's like wings really decides like she no longer wants to be under Kim and Barry's rules. She wants to dress how she wants. She wants to act how she wants. She wants to do what she wants. And Kim and Mariah like really fight with one another. Poor Mariah, like Kim and Barry are like who's our worst child? <laughs> Mariah. <laughs> Mariah is our worst child. Like it's that type of attitude. They're like Lydia, who we'll talk about. Lydia's our angel and Mariah's our devil. Like that's basically the way that they talk about Mariah. They do not they do not respect Mariah's need for independence. So they kick her out eventually. She is put out of the home. Um at this point Mariah and Kim and Barry have a pretty good relationship, all things considered. It's interesting what they're doing with Mariah and Micah. They are letting them come over, be with the family. I I guess what it is, is that neither Mariah nor Micah really have like the desire to be with the little kids alone and they like have the desire to like really stick it to Kim and Barry. They just kind of want to be able to. Well, I think Mariah does want to stick it to Kim and Barry. I think what's happening with Ethan and Olivia is that they feel very attacked because they feel like Kim is going after Olivia. Like Kim and Barry do not like Olivia, like straight up do not like her. So I think they feel like their marriage and their like their partnership is being attacked, which it is. Um, they're not allowed to be around the kids when Kim and Barry are not there. It, like, they really are targeted by Kim and Barry. And so I think what's going on with them is that, like, Ethan feels like he has to be continuously fighting with his parents out of respect for his wife. Because for the first, like, year and a half, he didn't do that. And he said it's, like, the biggest regret that he has about their marriage is that he just let them treat Olivia anyway, and he didn't stand up for her. Um And that's part of why he's so depressed now, I think, because he's like actually dealing with the ramifications of standing up to his parents. I think that for Kim and Barry, because they're not like, I think they have convinced themselves that Ethan is just like the way he is because of Olivia and it's all Olivia's fault. I think Ethan was always a very good child for them. I think he did a lot on the farm. I mean, he's the oldest boy. We talk a lot about what the oldest girls have to do and they have to do all the domestic work. But in these type of families, the boys have to do a lot of work as well. Like They have to maintain this farm that they own. I think that Ethan, is, like I said, he's very meek. He's mild-mannered. I think that this is just like such a shock to them and they never expected Ethan to be the one to like turn on them that they blame evil Olivia for like making him do this. And I think for Mariah and Micah, they kind of knew that this was coming, especially for Mariah. And so they have come to this place of acceptance of like, they don't live in our house. We cannot make rules for them, but we still want them in our life. So we're getting along. it. I don't know if Kim and Barry have, like, chilled a little bit after the experience of Ethan. I think it really just has more to do with not liking Olivia. Like, I think that is the basis of it all. Um, And Mariah and Micah, like, both actively want to have a relationship with their parents. Mariah says, you know, that she is starting to accept Kim and Barry for who they are. She specifically says she does not want to feel the way that Ethan feels. She says, you know, I know how bad his resentment is and I don't want to walk around with that. So they have like a a decent relationship. Kim claims that Mariah calls her just to talk. Not sure quite how true that is, but it, they go over there for dinner. They see their siblings. She brings her boyfriend is like kissing all over him at the table, which Kim and Barry allowed, which kind of shocked me. Um, but things are like pretty good with them after a rough time maybe Kim and Barry have realized, like, the mistakes that they've made with Ethan and don't want to lose more children, one would hope. But it is weird, like, how accepting they're being of Mariah. But also, like, they kick their 17-year-old daughter out of the home. Like, their children are not allowed to live in their home, basically, because of these insane rules that they have. So, you know, it's like kind of easy to be like, well, I think they've made a lot of progress. But at the same time, like if they'd really made progress, they would let the kids live with them. And then the last child that we'll talk about is Olivia. No, I'm sorry. It's Lydia. Lydia and Olivia are very similar names, actually. So Lydia is the next youngest child. She is the... (laughs) the rock of the family, if you will. Um, She is the mother. She takes care of the little girls. She does all the chores. You actually feel really bad for her, especially in like the early seasons when Mariah is not helping at all. And Lydia has to do everything and even clean up after Mariah. Um, Lydia is extremely nice, extremely mild-mannered, just wants to be a good daughter, is like distressed by the state of her family which is so sad and upsetting like she is she is constantly sobbing over the fact that she doesn't see Ethan um for a while she wasn't really seeing Mariah now her Mariah are in a good place, which is good. They let Lydia go over to Mariah's house. Lydia is also wearing like skinny jeans this season. I-, I don't know what's going on with Olivia or with Lydia. She Lydia like loves God. Lydia loves God. She like loves to write letters to her pen pals. Like you can tell that Lydia is kind of their golden child, but. Not in the way that like she's golden and doesn't have to do like any work and they just like praise her all day. She's just the one that like follows the rules the most. And so they like her the best for that. But they like really take advantage of her. She does everything in the house, it seems. Um, She has this prayer closet, which is just like a walk-in closet that she sits in and prays in and just cries all of the time. (laughs) Poor Lydia. Poor Lydia. I think she was talking with a boy last season. I, I think that Lydia will go on to have a courtship and a marriage, but she will be maybe not have 18 kids type of thing. Uh Lydia's just, it's just upsetting to watch because she's so nice. She's so nice and she just gets such advantage taken of her. Um, So in this episode, I kind of like went over things that happened. <laughs> I'm now like reading my notes and I'm like, oh, I just kind of recapped it by like telling everybody about what's happening. But basically they're setting this season up to be a big like one-on-one, not one-on-one, but like Ethan versus the family, Ethan and Olivia versus the family. So Olivia has gone on this work trip and she was gone for a week. Her and Ethan didn't talk the entire time maybe they, she said they texted a few times, which is a long time not to talk to your spouse. Um, she says that in that time, Ethan was supposed to go to therapy. And so she gets home and at first they're talking and he like looks at the camera and he's like, I can't do this. I just can't do this. My friend Jesse said, I think he was drunk. Like, I think he's drinking, which Yeah, maybe. Like, I'm not so sure that I saw that, but would it be believable to me? Yes, because Ethan is going through it. And I, I mean, a lot of people turn to substances in hard times. And I think especially if you have like been so restricted your entire life, it's, and you feel like so upset and depressed, like it's easy to go off the deep end. That's a recipe for disaster. But Olivia is like, okay, so did you go to therapy? And he's like, yeah, I went, but it wasn't for me. And Olivia's like, well, I mean, it like takes a little bit of time. He's like, I am not sitting around and telling a stranger all of my issues. Like he is, he's just very not into it. I think that Ethan is in the place where he realizes he has a lot of work to do and doesn't want to do it, which I get. Here's the thing, like, it's really fucking hard to deal with your shit it sucks. It really sucks. Especially if you're from a family where like you're not taught to deal with any emotions ever. He says that the way he wants to deal with his emotions is like go out and work on his car and like not think about it. And it's like, well, okay, that, yeah, like that can be one coping skill, but like you have shit to work through. I don't think that like talk therapy is necessarily the answer for everyone. But I do think that Ethan would really benefit from it. I think that Ethan needs help with learning how to have emotions. I think he doesn't really know how to have emotions, which is so sad. I think he doesn't know how to stand up for himself with his parents or Olivia, honestly. I think that he and Olivia have established a pretty unhealthy dynamic in which she is his mother because she is the one that's raising him because Kim didn't really raise him. Kim only like molded him to be the person that she wanted him to be. She didn't raise him to be an individual. And so I think that has become Olivia's job. And I think that's created a lot of resentment. I think he really resents Olivia for the way things are with his parents, even though I think he intellectually understands that his parents are really at fault and that he is doing what's right. And it's not fair to Olivia the way that his parents act towards her. But at the same time, like, he resents her for it. And I think that's a very natural thing to feel and why he would benefit from therapy so he could talk through that and a therapist could validate the fact that he's upset with Olivia over this because he's allowed to be upset with Olivia over the fact that, like, his life has fallen apart kind of by, like, at the, like, to make Olivia's life better. Ethan has sacrificed quite a lot. And it's okay to be mad at Olivia for that. Like, you're allowed to have that feeling. Now, is it, like, productive to be mad at Olivia for No. Is it worth it to, like, let that resentment stew? No. But I think that he probably feels like he's not allowed to be upset and like be mad at her for this but he it I guess like mad at her is not the right phrase I think he's allowed to be upset by the circumstances but isn't quite sure how to be upset by the circumstances so I think he's just like stewing and resentful and I think he's so fucking mad at his parents he's so mad at um, He's so mad at Olivia. He really misses his little siblings. So, oh, be, below Lydia's is Isaac. Isaac is a nice boy. Uh, he and Micah and Ethan are all very close with one another. Ethan, like, desperately misses Isaac, like, a lot. Um, They did say that Micah was allowed to hang out with Isaac by himself. He took Isaac skateboarding, which was surprising to hear. And like I said, Lydia and Mariah are allowed to hang out together. So once again, I think that this is uh, mostly Olivia-based, but I also think that Kim and Barry don't let them hang out that much on their own. They asked uh, Lydia why she was allowed to hang out with Mariah, and she's like, well, I think my parents, like, I'm older and my parents just trust me now. So, you know, who knows what that means. But Ethan, like, really misses his siblings. I really feel for him. I I think he doesn't know what to do, and he's like, paralyzed by fear right now. And when you're paralyzed by fear, therapy is really fucking hard. (laughs) It's really hard to deal with your shit. It's really hard to talk through all your shit. The prospect of changing stuff is so scary for a lot of people. And I also think that he doesn't quite believe it will work. And if you don't believe therapy will work, it won't work you know, like you can only get out of therapy what you put in. And if you're not putting in an effort, like you're not going to get anything out of it. I remember when I was in rehab and like most of the people who did the EMDR, like stopped going after two sessions and they were like, that was bullshit. I didn't get anything from it. I don't, that was so stupid. I don't know I'm doing that. But like, I was like I really want this to work. Like I believe this will work for me and I'm going to try really hard to make it work for me and it did because I like put in the effort and I believed that it would work. I just don't think Ethan is there necessarily. I think that he and Olivia have come to a point the point of no return in my opinion. I I'm a big believer in that like the person who inspires the change in a person usually cannot be the one to benefit from that change. Like, I really do believe that. I believe that, like, Olivia has inspired a change in Ethan and he is a better person now and he will, like, continue to be a better person, but I don't think that Olivia is going to be able to benefit from that better person because I think the resentment is too strong. I think the dynamic they've established with Olivia being his mommy is too strong. They also want very different things. So in this episode, they're talking about possibly moving to, they have to move. And so they're talking about possibly moving to Tallahassee, but Ethan doesn't want to move to Tallahassee. He wants to be in this in the country. He doesn't want to live in the city. They're just very different people who got married when they were fucking 19 years old to escape their family. So like, of course, this is happening right like yeah this is why most people don't get married at 19 to somebody that they like had never even kissed before they married that's why because making these decisions is like you you don't even know these kids don't even know to ask each other like where do you want to live and they'll be like oh well yeah that will work for me too (laughs) I think Olivia is also just like metropolitan if you will (laughs) is that a word I want to use for her I think she really wants to have, like, a bunch of friends. And like I said, she has this wedding photography business. So I think she's, like, with people out and outgoing and talking to people and wants to live, like, a normal 20s life. I I mean, normal for, like, a conservative Christian. Um, I think she is, like, kind of liberal in her politics. But by conservative Christian, I mean like her faith is conservative Christianity. And so I think like she wants to live a more normal life that way than what she and Ethan currently have. I think that like a lot of times if you and your spouse, like if your partner has to sacrifice something as important and serious as his family for you, that's a really hard thing to overcome. I don't want to say has to do it for you. I don't think that's fair because Olivia isn't making him do this. You know what I mean? Like she is just saying like, these people hate me. I cannot have them in my life. And if you want them to be in your life, like I can't be with you. I don't think that's her forcing. It's like her telling the truth, right? Like that's her truth. Like she cannot be with Ethan if he is going to let his parents treat her the way that she does. Why would she be with him? She's going to leave him if he does that. And I think Ethan sees that as maybe being forced to do some things. But I think he also knows, like I said, I think he does know like that Olivia is right and that his parents suck, which is why he's willing to go along with it. But it's really hard when you're with somebody and they have to make like a major sacrifice in order to be with you. Like another example of this is like if one spouse has to move for a job to somewhere like completely new and the other person goes with them and fucking hates it and doesn't have any friends and has no life and just like is so angry about it. And it's like, well, I moved here for you. Like you made me do this. That can be really hard to overcome for a lot of people because like once one partner perceives, perceives the other as like, Forcing a monumental shift in their life that has made things worse, and I don't really see how Olivia and Ethan overcome that. I'm not sure Olivia and Ethan want to overcome that. Um, I think it will have to be Olivia that pulls the plug. Yeah, like I, I'm not really sure that Ethan will be able to leave her, but I think that, I think that Olivia eventually will. Uh, uh, it's just so sad that he's like fuck therapy, fuck anything. Um, they're setting up this scene this season of um, Ethan works for this like car company, a uh, mechanic, and I guess like a bunch of them have worked there. I guess Mariah and Micah have both worked there, and now Lydia is going to work there. And she, the end of the episode is like her showing up and seeing Ethan. And I'm sure, I think in this season, we'll see Ethan get a little closer to his parents again. I think the sad part about this is like, I think Ethan does really like to have a community. He is really happy in the church. He is happy making friends. He likes to watch TV. You know, like, he likes to do a lot of the things that he's doing, but it's really hard to To override like the way that you're raised and how close you are with your siblings, it's hard to like totally let that go. And he's still so young. It's another thing like they are 22 years old, I'm pretty sure. Like they are so young. So, 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 so young. He is so immature because he wasn't raised to be mature. Uh, they just are not they're not made for one another and i hope that they can see it and have like an amicable breakup um max oh the other thing is that like max is going to give mariah a ring but not an engagement ring like a promise ring for her pinky which i found weird <laughs> i don't know they are like I, I i i like i can like a pinky ring like a fashion pinky ring but if my boyfriend was like buying me a ring. I don't think I would want it for my pinky, but he loves Mariah so much. Mariah. Okay. I actually think Mariah being with Max is kind of best case scenario for her. I think Mariah. Okay. So something to know is that Mariah is pretty. She has blonde hair. She's super thin. She wears like her outfits in season two especially are so fucking funny it's like she went to charlotte Roos for the first time and just like went insane and is wearing whatever she wants and i love that for her but i think she she has kind of two paths she can go down and i think one of them is like serious alcohol and drug abuse in this like effort to be totally free from her parents. I think she is the one that has the greatest potential to just like go fucking wild and like be in an abusive relationship and have like a terrible, terrible things happen to her. Kind of much like Kim when Kim got out of her family's home. And I kind of think her being with Max, her boyfriend, Look, I do. I think it's great that she's already in like this super serious relationship when she's 18 years old and like should be going to school if that's what she wants or like learning to make friends because I don't think she has any friends. You know, like I don't really know where she would make friends. I think Max is. And that's why I think Micah and Max are so close because I don't think Micah really has friends either. Like I think Max is our first friend in a lot of ways, which is upsetting And I think that Mariah being in this relationship might be saving her from making bad choices. Because I think there are probably nights where if Max wasn't there and they weren't just like laying on the couch kissing, she would be at a party getting fucked up and doing God knows what. She's the one that I'm like most concerned about and the choices that she makes I'm most concerned about because I think, like I said, she's like the real rebel without a cause. Like she... I do not think cares about consequences. I do not think consequences are a prohibitor for Mariah, which is truly the making of someone with substance abuse disorder. Like it it just is. Like that is one of the main markers that you have a problem is when consequences stop mattering. Or like I think that you're more likely to have a problem if consequences don't matter to you. Like if you don't if you'll get in trouble for drinking as a teen. Like, you'll drink as a teen and do drugs as a teen. If you don't care, you're going to get in trouble. If you don't care, like, that bad things could happen, you're more willing to put yourself in risky situations. And so I think that's very much Mariah. And I think that she doesn't really know who she is. She, like, wants to be a singer. Also, like, now she's famous-ish. I think we need some more fourth wall breaking on this show because Mariah and Micah now are famous, you know, in a way, like in in a reality television way, at least. And they should like definitely talk about what that means to go from like this totally isolated family. I'm trying to find her Instagram right now. Go to this totally, from this totally isolated family to like having uh, 280,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's a lot. Her it's Mariah Jasper. I guess that's her middle name. Her bio is just a small town girl with big city dreams, got a black heart and a gypsy soul. Ooh, ooh, sorry, I shouldn't I I do not use that word. Um it has her boyfriend tagged in it and then it talks about the show. I just worry for her. I worry that she's going to make a lot of really bad decisions and I think that her just having like a decent boyfriend <laughs> will prevent a lot of those bad decisions I think Micah will be the one that has like the most normal and successful life in a lot of ways because like I said I think Micah just like wants to do him and isn't like I don't think he cares that much about what Kim and Barry think and so I don't think he's like doing anything he does as an act of rebellion against them, He just like wants to party and have sex and like do his modeling thing and like be a normal person. And so I think he's going to have a very normal 20s and like just be a normal. He's going to look like the average adult in the way that I don't think Ethan or Mariah will. which sucks, you know, like that, that sucks. I think part of the reason, especially for the difference between him and Mariah is that he's a boy. And I don't think that he was ever like, I don't think that he ever had the expectations on him that Mariah did in their family, you know, like, yeah, the boys have to do a lot of work on the farm. But I think like, as far as like being subservient to their parents, I think that the boys have a lot more freedom than the girls do. And so I think that Mariah, like, Felt a lot more restricted than Micah did. So, Micah will probably just like get married, be normal. I think he is normal. Like I said, he's like close to being hot. Something about him makes him not hot. I think he'll have a lot of Instagram followers and like maybe make a TikTok account. Like, I think that's in Micah's future, like making TikToks. (laughs) Oh gosh, Max is cute. Like, Mariah's boyfriend's cute. I just am worried that like she is with him and not gaining life experience and a personality. I worry about like what's going to happen when they break up, when if they break up, when she's 23. And instead of spending this like 18 years old to 23, like learning to become a person and live in this crazy new world that she's living in, she's just being Max's girlfriend. And that doesn't like I don't I'm not saying that like if you have a boyfriend when you're 18 to 23 like you don't learn how to be a person I think that's obviously not correct obviously there are tons of people who like meet a boyfriend their freshman year of college and they date all through college and some of them even get married like and it's totally fine it's not that it's the fact that like she is so from just such an isolated world and I think that she really needs to learn how to be a person, honestly, and like what her personality is and the things that she likes and the things that she doesn't like. She's really lost. I think her and Ethan are both very lost. Oh, Ethan. I'm really, I'm like genuinely worried about Ethan, honestly, really. Also, Olivia has red hair this season. She doesn't look bad, but I think her blonde hair is prettier. Like, I think that it, it just, it, It's fine, right? Like, it doesn't look bad. You're not like, ooh, she shouldn't have red hair. But I just think that, like, the blonde looks so much better that you're kind of like, you should just go back to blonde. (laughs) You should be blonde again. But that's what I mean. Like, Olivia dyes her hair. Like, she is a girl of her own. I really want her to leave Ethan. (laughs) I worry that she's too scared to leave Ethan. But I don't know. Apparently, they've come very close to divorcing in the past. So we'll see. I think that's it for my roundup of this family. I'm looking through my notes to see. I think I touched on everything that happened. Kim did make a soup Well, Lydia. OK, so Lydia, they Micah and Mariah go over for dinner. Because it's Barry's birthday. Everybody gets along really great, which is nice to see. And Kim says like six times that she's making Barry's favorite dinner, which is like Caribbean soup, whatever the fuck that means. And then I'm pretty sure they said that Lydia actually made it, which like sounds about right. (laughs) I wonder what they're going to do when Lydia leaves. Oh, and also last season they like left the farm. They moved away from the farm and, like, put the farm on Airbnb and, like, moved into town into a really, honestly, quite pretty house. But, like, I, I don't know. Nothing Kim and Barry does make sense to me. Kim is, like I said, she's a super villain. She's my supervillain, honestly. She really, she's really riveting. All right, guys, I think that's it for this week. I hope you liked this non-teen mom trip down these fucking freaks lane I love Platville. you should watch it if you haven't it's a really easy background show you don't have to pay that close attention and I hope you guys like this and come to my patreon patreon.com slash liz explains and I will talk to you next time bye this podcast is brought to you by solid listen network find me on instagram at feathers underscore pod